0: Are you ready to be stirred and receive an impartation of faith to move forward into all that God has purposed for your life? Welcome to the Stirring of the Waters podcast. I am your host, Elaine Haynes. I will be sharing what the Lord has given me through the anointing of the Holy Spirit on the Logos and Rhema words of God. Welcome to Stirring of the Waters. I'm your host, Elaine Haynes. Today's episode 26 The burden of the Lord. God is the creator of all life. A few weeks ago, I did a podcast where I shared that the Lord told me there's a window of time open to us, and he's been reminding me to preach what he has put on my heart. My burden is about life, that God is the creator of all life. This isn't just about abortion. It's about all forms of hatred and destruction towards the lives of others. Child abuse, trafficking, racism, violence of any kind. To another human being because I believe that if we recognize God as holy, as the creator of all life, then we would have honor and respect one for another. <clears throat> Every life has great value in his eyes. It's time to be equipped with truth and speak it forth. The Lord has given me a burden. And in fact, he has for many years and he's reminded me recently of the passages in Ezekiel chapter 3 verses 17 through 22. Son of man, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore hear the word at my mouth, and give them warning from me. When I say unto the wicked, Thou shalt surely die, and thou givest him not warning, nor speakest to warn the wicked from his evil way, to save his life, the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. Yet if thou warn the wicked, and he turn not from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou has delivered thy soul. Again, when a righteous man doth turn from his righteousness and commit iniquity, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die. Because thou hast not given him warning, he shall die in his sin, and his righteousness which he hath done shall not be remembered, but his blood will I require at thine hand. Nevertheless, if thou warn the righteous man that thou righteous man sin not, and he doth not sin, he shall surely live, because he's warned. Also thou hast delivered thy soul." I cannot help but speak what he has told me to speak. We are in an all-out war, blatant and pervasive. It's against God. It's against his design for humankind. It's against his purpose for individual lives. This war is spiritual, to be sure, with God's archenemy, the devil, who uses people to bring about his purposes, to kill, steal, and destroy, to kill, aborting babies, hatred, and violence, against each other to steal to steal God's glory through destroying the destiny of future generations to destroy hope to destroy solutions for problems that would come through these these people that are not allowed to live that it would that it would destroy God's purpose for individual lives <clears throat> destroying identities created by God male and female destroying future generations through lying and mutilating bodies and sterilization there's such perversity that's being exposed. The abortion mills selling body parts for research, sexualization of children, so will be more easily sex trafficked and then more abortions and selling of body parts. There's such a perversity and it's pervasive and it's getting worse and we have to speak up. We have to speak the truth. There's so much more than this that I'm going to cover today. And I know that God has given many of you a burden on your hearts and he's telling you now is the time to speak it forth, speak the truth. The problem is we haven't stood up for the truth, and now our future generations are falling under the lies. First of all, i want to say right now, I'm not condemning anyone who's had an abortion, for the grace and mercy of God is available to you through the blood that is shed by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. There is not one sin that is greater than another. All of them separate us from God. They turned us away from him. And abortion is not the unpardonable sin. And God wants to restore your soul and restore to you the years the locust has has eaten. That being said, this is a burden that God has placed on me for nearly my whole life. Even before I was born again, when I was 17, I was pregnant and my mother and both of my boyfriend at the time, who became my husband, my boyfriend's, both of his parents wanted me to have an abortion. And I was gassed. I knew the baby was a human being that it was a baby, it was living. And I wasn't a Christian then. I just, I knew it, that that babies are alive, that they're growing inside you. How can you not think something's alive when it's growing and it has a heartbeat? It, it, it <clears throat> The brain is developing. The limbs are developing. <clears throat> so some years later, born again and then a single mom, I was in a PTA meeting. And in hindsight, I can see the prophetic call in my life. I didn't know at the time what was going on. But let me share you with you what happened. So I, again, I was a single mom. I was barely born again. And I had come out of a lot of darkness, a lot of sin. So I was very intimidated by others, very afraid to speak out. And part of that was because of my um, the abuse I suffered as a child. I was very shut down. So <clears throat> we're, I was in a PTA meeting. And it was they were covering, it was back when um, they were just starting to talk about um, how you have to report suspected child abuse and things like that. And so the presentation was being done about uh, suspected child abuse. And at the end of the presentation, this very, very large, um, very large, like six foot six, 300 pound, maybe not six foot six, like six three, um, 300 and some pound man, very um, aggressive and angry looking, stood up and started spouting. I'll do whatever I do well, please. In my own home, my kids are mine. You can't tell me what to do. And I sat there and something started burning inside of me. And it started to overtake me. And I sensed that God wanted me to speak. And I was in my mind. I'm just like, are you? No. Are you like crazy? I can't stand up in this group. I can't speak out against that man. I can't. And I had, I was like literally forcing myself to be seated. And then something shot me out of my seat. And I started very, very strongly saying, your children are not your own. They are given to you by God to be raised up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord Jesus Christ that you are to you. They are given to you as a privilege. They are given to you. They are not yours. They are God's and they are his alone. And you will answer to him for how you treat your children. And I sat down and I was shaking. I was sweating. I was nauseous, to be honest with you. And I was so shaking and it was completely quiet in the room. Not another word was said until the president of the PTA said, well, meeting's over. So this has been in me for a long time. And it's time for me to speak it on a public platform. So... I'm going to give you just my heart, okay? I long for the time when God is recognized as the Creator of all life, when He is seen as holy, when He is He is given the reverential all that He is due for being the Creator of all things that exist. And again, I believe if we honored Him that way, we would see every single person uniquely designed by Him, full of eternal purpose, a potential glory carrier. There would be a reverential awe of God, honor given to each person. No more racism, no more bullying, no more hatred or envy, because we would recognize the gift of God inside each person. We would recognize that that even if their outward appearance um, or their mask that they've put on because of all their brokenness is one of of complete animosity toward us, that there's something inside them that God has put inside them. He created every single purpose person with purpose, We would honor the elderly and a desire to seek out their wisdom for their years of journeying with God. We would honor the youth for what God has placed within them. We would seek to search out the gifts they carry. We would recognize that even the preborn were sent by God for a divine purpose. If we honored God as the creator of all, we would steward our beautiful earth and the resources he's given to support our lives and to enjoy. In humble adoration, we would thank him for his ability he's given us to perceive these things, to perceive the beauty that surrounds us, the incredible um, awesomeness of human life. We'd be humbled at his great love, aware that we've been rescued from the kingdom of darkness and its bondage, redeemed through the perfect sinless life of Christ, poured out for our sins, that we can be reconciled to the Father and his original intent for our lives. What incredible love, what incredible brilliance in the unique design of every single person and everything that he has created. Can you imagine? Can you see it? All of creation releasing his life from within them with love and thanksgiving. Can you see it? True worship. Jesus lights every man that comes into the world. It tells us, the apostle John tells us. Who are we to snuff that out? God puts gifts and talents in every single person to be carriers of his glory. Who knows what that life might bring to the world? Cures for diseases, solutions to every problem. I'll tell you, when I was in elementary school, they taught us um, a lot of things, but the one that really stuck out to me was a story about George Washington Carver. He was an African-American man, son of slaves. He was born into slavery in Missouri in 1864, a year before slavery was outlawed. He eventually earned a master's degree in agricultural science from Iowa State University. He taught and conducted research at Tuskegee University for decades, and soon after his death, his childhood home would be named a national monument, the first of its kind to honor an African American. Dr. Carver became one of the most notable chemists of his day. He affectionately called the laboratory at Tuskegee God's little workshop because God gave him the wisdom to develop over 300 uses for the peanut This was a man of God who trusted in God. He was bold in professing his faith. He gave an address to the U.S. House Ways and Means Committee in D.C. And initially he was only given 10 minutes to speak. But the committee was so enthralled that the chairman said, go ahead, brother, your time is unlimited. And he spoke for an hour and 45 minutes, expounding on the potential of the peanut. At the end of that address, the chairman asked him how he had learned of all these things. And Carver answered, from an old book. What book? asked the chairman carver replied the bible the chairman inquired does the bible tell about peanuts no sir dr carver replied but it tells about the god who made the peanut and i asked him to show me what to do with it and he did he was used by god in a powerful way to impact his sphere of society dr carver said and i quote my purpose alone must be god's purpose to increase the welfare and happiness of his people nature will not permit a vacuum it will be filled with something Human need is a spiritual vacuum which God seeks to fill. With one hand in the hand of a fellow man in need and the other in the hand of Christ, God can reach across the vacuum, and I became an agent. Then he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, it came to have real meaning in my life. As I worked on projects which fulfilled a real human need, forces were working through me, which amazed me. I would often go to sleep with an apparently insoluble problem. And when I woke, there was the answer. Why then should we who believe in Christ be so surprised at what God can do with a willing man in a laboratory? This reminded me of Esther 4 and 14. Who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? There's so many other examples. I could spend weeks talking about examples of survivors of abortion, those who chose to trust God rather than then follow the doctor's recommendation to abort or for their own fears for the future who wanted to abort, but they chose to trust God. I know women personally who were considering abortion and they chose not to. Those children have become the biggest blessing to their lives and their families. They added great value. They brought something that wasn't there before. And I can tell you, I know of so many women that have had abortions and the pain is great and for a lifetime. You can't understand that, especially if you're a young, a young person. You can't understand the long-reaching impact to your soul of what's going to happen. But God is a restorer of the breach. He is a restorer of the years the locusts have eaten. He desires to heal. He is the giver of life, and he's always wanting to give life. He is the creator of all life. Genesis 1.27 So God created man. In his own image, in the image of God, created he him, and male and female, created he them. There is a war going on, trying to, trying to change the identity of the children. That's I'm going to get into that a little later. Ecclesiastes 11:5. As thou knowest, what is the way? Excuse me. As thou knowest not, what is the way of the spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child. Even so. Thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. Psalm 139, 13 through 16, a very familiar passage. And it's such a beautiful expression. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. And that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. Did you hear that? Your eye, God's eyes saw your substance even before it was formed. And in your book, they were all written. The days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. Before you had one day, your days were written in the book. Jeremiah 1 and 5, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. This is God speaking. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. God is not a respecter of persons. You may not be ordained to be a prophet, but there is an ordained purpose for every life. Ephesians 2 and 10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, which God hath before ordained, that we should walk in them. Colossians one 16b through 17, for by him, Jesus, were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones, dominions, principalities, or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things. And by him, all things consist. In Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, everybody probably knows this one. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. A future and a hope. God is not a God of destruction. The devil is a liar. You were created by God for a purpose, a good purpose. Man fails, and the devil uses others' brokenness to continue cycles of harm and death. Death to God's purposes. Death to the beauty of God and his creation. Death to... All that God has intended that's what the devil wants to do God's desires to pour out his love on you and heal you and restore your broken bloodline to original intent the baby in the womb is alive it has feelings and is cognizant the one of the best examples in Scripture is in Luke 1 41 to 44 when Mary the mother of Jesus was pregnant she went to visit her her <coughs> cousin Elizabeth who was also pregnant And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke up with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. The babe in her womb recognized the baby in Mary's womb as the Lord Jesus Christ. We belong to God. 1 Corinthians 6:19 through 20. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And this goes without saying that that baby in the womb is also a temple of the Holy Spirit. It's a temple of the presence of God. It's a temple of God's creative beauty that he is bringing forth into the earth. God hates the shedding of innocent blood. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19, these six things the Lord hates, yet seven are even an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart, that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift and running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among brethren. Now, each of those will preach. But this is the burden that the Lord has given me to speak today. Hands that shed innocent blood. In Genesis 4.10, it's the first account, Adam and Eve. We know that sin started through their, you know, their sin. It went down through generations and into us that same predisposition, to believe the lies of the devil. This is what they did. They believed the lies of the devil. If, if the devil can get you to doubt, he'll get you to disobey. We have to believe God's word. So what happened? Their first child, Cain, was jealous of the, his brother Abel and killed him. And God said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. The blood cries out to God. God hears the blood. Exodus 20, 13. You shall not murder. One of the Ten Commandments. Genesis 9, 6. Whoever sheds man's blood by man, his blood shall be shed. For in the image of God he made man. In Exodus 21, 23 25, we read what happens. What God says is the correct response to a baby in the womb being harmed. If men fight and hurt a woman with child so that she gives birth prematurely, yet no harm follows, he shall surely be punished accordingly as this woman's husband imposes on him. And he shall pay as the judges determine. But if any harm follows to that baby, I added to that baby, that's what they're talking about. Then you shall give life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. God says that baby's life in the mother's womb is life, is valuable, has purpose. Amos 1, 13, thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of the people of Ammon and for four, I will not turn away its punishment because they ripped open the, woman, the women with child in Gilead that they might enlarge their territory. Deuteronomy 12 31 you shall not worship the Lord your God in that way that every abomination of the Lord which he hates they have done to their gods they even burn their sons and daughters in the fire to their gods what is happening here is no less despicable what is happening here is no less despicable I don't need to go into the details of what happens during different types of abortions it is no less despicable Especially abortions that are for convenience, for, for wanting to, um, to go about your own life, make your own life more carefree, not wanting your body to be, quote, deformed, to go through pregnancy. All of those things, it's making the, our bodies, it's a perversity of what God intended. Our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. Our bodies are created by God to bring glory to his name. Deuteronomy 27 and 25, Cursed be he that taketh reward to slay an innocent person. What is that word, reward? It's a bribe, it's a gift, it's a donation. Um, I don't need to. I could spend a whole other podcast on our elected officials. And what, um, you know, we pray for them, my husband and I pray for them, that we pray for God's mercy. We thank for long-suffering. We thank him for that. And we ask that God would turn their hearts that he would draw them to Jesus because of what great sin they are committing. The injustice that they're bringing to God's people, to those that he has purposed, to the unborn, and not just that, so much of the corruption that's in our government because of bribes, donations, to, to make ourselves themselves more prosperous through the shed blood of others it's demonic it's demonic the thief jesus said in john ten ten, the thief which is the devil does not come except to steal kill and destroy i have come they might that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly in psalm 106 35 to 47 this is heavy duty but you can so relate it to what's happening now it is not any different than it was back in the pagan nations in the in the well i'll just read it but they mixed with the nations and learned to do as they did I'll just rephrase that. They mixed with the world and learned to do as they did. They served their idols, which became a snare to them. They sacrificed their sons and their daughters to the demons. They poured out innocent blood, the blood of their sons and daughters, whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan. And the land was polluted with blood. Thus they became unclean by their acts and played the whore in their deeds. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against his people, and he abhorred his heritage. He gave them into the hand of the nations, so that those who hated them ruled over them their enemies oppressed them they were brought into subjection under their power many times he delivered them but they were rebellious in their purposes and brought low through their iniquity nevertheless this is god's mercy and long-suffering he looked upon their distress when he heard their cry for their sake he remembered his covenant and relented according to the abundance of his steadfast love He caused them to be pitied by all those who held them captive. Save us, O Lord our God, and gather us from among the nations that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory and your praise. All we have to do is turn from our wicked ways, to turn to recognize that God is the creator of all life, that we have sinned, we've fallen short of the glory. Children are a gift from the Lord. It has become so perverted in our nation, children being seen as a burden, as an inconvenience, as a, as a clump of tissues, as something that's going to hinder your career, hinder your prosperity. Psalm 127, 3 through 5, Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Is there a reward? As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quither quiver full of them they shall not be ashamed but they shall speak they shall speak with the enemies in the gate your children the children are the ones that are going to be raised up to to guard those gates to speak to those enemies when those children are raised up in the fear and the admonition of the lord when they're raised up to know the lord they will have a when they're raised up with love with the love of god the knowledge of the love of God, the knowledge of his purpose and plan for their lives. When they're raised up in that, they will have a boldness and a confidence and an awareness of what God has put inside them and his authority. When we are God-fearing, when we have the fear of the Lord and we honor him, we have an authority because we recognize that he is all authority. And Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them for such is the kingdom of heaven. Children are precious to God. They are innocent. They are open to instruction. They're open to truth way more than as we get older and we become cynical and we become, um, we become brainwashed by the ways of the world. Matthew 186, but whosoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin. I'm talking about right now I'm thinking about that whole agenda of the enemy in our schools to teaching children that to question how God made them male or female, to, to bring about a perversity, to sexualize them to destroy them, to get them sterilized, have their have mutilation, whosoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin. And also I'll carry that over to those that convince people to have abortions. Those that are there. They want to trust God. There's a part of us that because we're created by God that wants to trust God Would someone speak the truth, God will provide. This is where the church has failed also to provide, to not be in judgment against those who find themselves in a, very, very difficult situation. But to offer help, to offer resources, to offer love, compassion. So whosoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. This is a heavy-duty message, I know that. but There is hope, there is redemption. Romans 3 23 to 26. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, every single one of us, but we're justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Whatever you have done, whatever you have done, however grievous it is to your soul, whatever you have done, it is not beyond the grace of God through the love of God in the Lord Jesus Christ and his sacrifice, whom God set forth. A perpetuation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance God passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus to have faith knowing that he died for your sins he took his sins upon himself he took the penalty of your sin upon himself so that you could be set free so that you could be restored to the identity in which God has called you to the destiny that God has for your life to his purposes to come forth in your life to allow his love to feel his love again shining upon you he's never stopped loving you it's your sin that separated you from him God loves you Whatever, if you have been in any part of this that I have talked about today, any part of it, agreed with the lies of the devil in any way, shape, or form about God being the creator of all life, you can repent, which means change your mind. Recognize that Jesus died for your sin and receive that love into your heart, that forgiveness. Can have that today. Whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10 and 13. So, God bless you. I pray that you are stirred up, that God is stirring up something in you, that He's put a burden, a word that He has set apart for your life to speak the truth. We're in a short window of time. That's what I preached about two weeks ago. That God told me there weren't a short window of time to preach the truth. we It is time. We don't know what's going to happen when this window closes. Now I, for myself, I didn't know personally, does that mean, you know, if I don't do what you tell me to do, I don't even want to think about what might happen. So I know for myself, because he spoke it to me, that I have to be about his business. I have to speak what he gives me to speak. And I pray that you and exhort you, if God has put something in your heart to speak the truth, if the time is now, speak it forth and watch God move, watch God move. So I pray you were blessed. I pray that that you're exhorted, that you're encouraged, that you're full of God's love and compassion and fire of the Holy Ghost is upon you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Stirring of the Waters podcast. If you like what you heard today, visit Elainehaynes.com. That's A-L-A-N-E-H-A-Y-N-E-S.com for books, blogs, and spiritual growth. You can follow me on Facebook and subscribe at cpnshows.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. See you next week for the next episode.